Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. All right, cool. We are back with Larry Tolbert. Larry is a uh, has been a client uh, client of MBS Fitness for how long now? About two and a half years. Very cool. And Larry is a financial advisor. He's been in the uh, financial um, uh, business for a long time. Is well respected in the Memphis area and um, and uh, around the country. And um, you know, David, you throw that around like it means something or like it's true. Well, you're successful <laughs> in 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 your realm of work. And so that's, uh, that's something that, that we want to note and, and specifically today kind of talk about how that relates to the successes that you've had here as well. Give us a little bit of background on yourself and kind of your, uh, your fitness story. You know, when I was, uh, uh, in high school, I was, I was a little bit of an athlete. I, I played tennis. I raced motocross, got beat up really bad as a result, have lots of scars from that. Yeah. Have still lingering issues from a couple of back. You know, I, I continued to ride motorcycles. So I still have two in the garage. Uh, and and so I, I have a lot of that that carry forward yeah. that I've worked out. When I went to work after college, work and career building was the focus. Yeah. Right? So that took precedent for 30 years. So now I come back to you. Yeah. Uh, because your father and I are good friends and he finally got me to come over here. And now I've, I've find myself in a catch up game. I'm not building off of a good platform. So uh, I think I told you one time that the first year I was here felt more like rehab <laughs> than exercise. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Riley, my trainer had to get me to the point where I could start lifting weights. Yeah. And that took a year. Yeah. I really didn't fully understand how deep my neglect had had gone. Well, because you, you you weren't exposed to it on a daily basis. No, I had no reason. I wasn't sore. I wasn't. I didn't feel bad. Uh, and then 2005 came at Christmas, and I had two heart attacks and a quadruple bypass, and that will get your attention. One hundred percent. Yes. So every day when I'm in the shower. Uh, my surgeon said, if you need motivation, simply look down. And what year was that? 2005. Okay. Okay. Well, so what happened between 2005 and 2019? Uh, my wife passed away in 2009. I was the sole caregiver for her for 10 years. And that took a lot of time and attention, right? So it was all about her. Uh, my surgeon didn't really know a lot about motivating people. Because looking down and seeing my scar on a daily basis didn't motivate me. <laughs> so I had a coronary stent put in. Yeah. And then I was diagnosed as type 2 diabetic. And I was dragging around about 60 extra pounds. Right. Right. I was simply living, waiting to die. My rate of dying, my rate of death was accelerating. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know it. Right. Because I thought, I thought I was still 30 years old and relatively bulletproof. Yeah. All right. So... Um, I can't tell you what epiphany hit me. It's just that at some point in time, uh, probably about the time my current doctor, Dr. David Wright, said that, Larry, I've done everything I can do for you. Nutrition and, and pharmacy can only get you so far. If you don't get in the gym, you will continue to decelerate your life. And I think that was the epiphany that I had. 
And it was probably within that week you and I were talking. Yeah. Did, did he use those words, decelerate your life? He didn't. He's a little bit more more uh, gentle than <laughs> I would have been. But, yes, he did say that he had gotten me as far as I could get. Yeah. And, and when Dr. Wright tells you that, you listen. Yeah. I'm going to decelerate your life is a really great, I mean, it's pretty accurate way of describing it. It, it, it hit home. Yeah. That, that phrase, that's what exactly what it feels like is you're coming, it's like you're coming off the expressway of life, getting on the exit ready to die. Yeah. And, and then you go to God's parking lot and I'm very thankful that I had to move to Florida because that's what that is, is God's parking lot. <laughs> I lived down in Miami for nine years and I can attest they're just waiting to die. Yeah. Right. So that's probably, that was a, a great day for me. I don't believe in motivation because motivation is a short-term thing. You can't scare somebody into coming to the gym by telling them that they're losing their health or their mobility. That is a short-term thing. So on days where I, where I lack, the, you know, it's like the best part about coming to the gym is leaving. <laughs> you've done a good workout yeah right it's time to go home relax yeah so i just remind myself consistently that i made a commitment and when i go back to the commitment i come in yeah right motivation being scared blah 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 doesn't work anymore so i made a commitment that's awesome um and i, I want to kind of go down continue to talk about that a little bit more but one thing i want to wanted to talk about when so many people uh, and and, um, and you're further in life than I am, and so I'd like to kind of get perspective. That's a polite way to say I'm Com- older than you, David. Complimentary. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I'd like to kind of get the perspective from people who, who have more life experience, obviously. Um, but the average American starts, I mean, they're born, we are born physically active. Like, if you've ever been around kids, they're running around, they're jumping the plane. A lot of kids, most kids... Uh, you know, are involved in some activities in, in middle school and some activities in high school, and then they go to college and they come out, and it's uh, it's kind of an abrupt stop. Like when 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 the career starts, everything else gets put on the put on the back burner, and so, and I, I think that's part of um, being a materially driven society, and kind of what that's promoted within within our society. Um, I think that is kind of somewhat expected. Um, but my question is like having that, that insight now and that reflection, like what would you say to that third, to that 25 year old who's like, you know what, I'm, I, I'm just, I got to put in the hours now. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do the work now. Like I'll, I'll, I'll get to it eventually, but you know, I got to wait till I get that next promotion or you know, I'm putting in 50 hours a week. I don't have time. I'm, I, I'm not going to wake up early. If I'm going to wake up early, I'm going to go work. Like, what would you say to that uh, m- person starting their career who doesn't have these uh, uh, habits established, who's, who's continuing to put it off? Like, what would your recommendation um, be to them? What would you say to them, like, having that, um, having that reflection? You know, it's much like I tell uh, clients of clients. I have... Uh, the privilege of having clients' children as clients, and now I'm starting to get their grandchildren as clients. So it's very much like telling them. The advice I give them is start saving early. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit, start saving early because compounding is the 11th wonder of the world. <laughs> right. And, and you've got a long time to compound. So if I were to give the 
the knowledge that I have now about my health and my training regimen to the 25-year-old me, I would have said do something every week, even if it's very little something, so that you can maintain your mobility. I was at the physical therapist this morning, and I, I've been four or five times, and I asked her if she had enough time with me to give me sort of a general diagnosis. And she said, your nervous system hasn't caught up to where you are with your muscles and your tendons. Larry, you don't have the nervous system of an athlete. It has to be developed. Yeah. Right. So if I would have known that at 25, I would have done at least something to keep my, uh, the nervous system of an athlete. Even if I was an athlete, not in training, just a casual athlete. So that way I wouldn't have had to pay such a great price for it now. Yeah. It's kind of like, just like investing. It's, it is better to, to continue to put a little bit in a, for a long period of time than to try to pay, play catch up over a short period of time where you're having to put a, you know, put a ton in. Yeah. And I would like for you to tell the definition because I, I hear this all the time, right? From my peer group. Well, I work in the garden. Yeah. I, I, I do stuff. And, and I used to believe in that too. Yeah. Right. So tell everybody the difference between exercise and movement yeah activity and activity yeah so uh, i've heard the same thing obviously when people say well i do exercise and then they use activity in place of what of exercise and so the way i describe it to people is that activity is the is doing things that are currently well within your capabilities it's not pushing your limits it's not pushing your physical limits at all it's just expressing your current fitness capabilities in um, non-stressful ways so you can currently garden and so you garden it doesn't push you it doesn't cause you to, to strain at all but you're just doing things you currently have the capability of doing fitness is pushing or exercise is pushing yourself doing things that are at the edges of your current capabilities in order to cause your body to adapt to gain more fitness um more abilities right and so uh, exercise is training and and create uh causing your body body to um to make progress forward and to very much resist um deceleration yes <laughs> and activity is just doing things you're currently capable of and that's that's the way i kind of describe it to people who have the sense well i'm i'm active it's like being active is better than not being active absolutely it, going back to investment terms being active is not spending all your money and not saving anything right right so that would be better than going into debt yes so, but it's not investing. It's not moving forward. Right. So in my world, people in their 40s are active. Yeah. But the, the, they probably participate in their company's 401k plan. Yeah. Thank God. But that's not necessarily going to prepare them fully for a retirement lifestyle that they want. Right. Right. So to go back to your point, we're, we're born active. We're born healthy generally. Yeah. All right, so why can't we stay that way? After kindergarten, when we learn to read, write, add, subtract, multiply, and divide, we have everything we need to be wealthy. So why aren't we? People in their 40s are active, 
but they're not exercising yeah. their wealth capabilities. Their focus is solely on child rearing. Yep. Uh, I learned a long time ago that I was not going to focus on any any client in their 40s because you cannot get their attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> because they they hear you. They may intellectually be where you are in your sermon to them. Yeah. But they're not going to do anything about it, right? So the ability to do something about it uh, is it's a, a big part of the psychology of what I do. And I think they're very similar between what you do and what I do. Until you are ready for change, you're not going to get out of motion to go to exercise. That sounds really easy, but until somebody can go, you know what, I'm at the point where I'm going to realize that I need to make a change and I'm going to commit to act on it, they won't. So I frequently ask clients up front, is it time for you to make a change? You don't have to make a big change. You don't have to make all these changes all at once. But if you're not ready to make a change, this is just an academic discussion we're having. Right. Right. Nothing will come from it. You'll feel good. I'll feel good. But that's it. So for me, making the conscious decision that it was it was uh, time for me to make a change was a linchpin in me being here. Very cool. Yeah. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. Yeah. I, 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 most people recognize that they should exercise, but they don't. So but they don't. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Right. What is the difference between the trigger of uh, here? Like, which? Why does it trigger? Um, trigger change in some people and not trigger change in all people. That's that's the question. What gets you? What force can you break that turns your butt loose in the couch <laughs> so that you don't want to die by couch? You know, death by couch. Yeah. Right, it's change, and people are resistant to change. And the older we get, the more resistant to change we become. The less likely our bodies are to change as a result of something that we implement. Yeah, I, I'm struggling with that. You know, I've, I was very successful in having some gains early on, but I'm starting to already see the rate of growth slow. Yeah, and I I don't like that. I don't want that. But it is inevitable. Yeah. And I've graduated from having beginner problems. Uh, I remember distinctly when Brandon said, okay, I need you to activate your glutes. And I was like, I smiled and I looked at him and I said, okay, first of all, where are they? <laughs> and how do I do that? Yeah. Right? Don't make some assumptions that I actually know yeah. where my lats and glutes are. Okay. So uh, we've graduated now to having intermediate problems. Yeah. This, this whole nerve thing. So just like in my world, you can start off investing very slowly, very easy, and then as you become accustomed to it, you'll and you see the benefits, you'll want to do it more. Yeah, one hundred percent. I have a joke that I'll say like, you know how long it takes to look like you've been training for ten years, and people go, "How long? Ten, 10 years?" years. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you told that joke to me too. Yeah, and I remember that I tell people that yeah. you know, and I said, "This is one thing where you are not going to get the benefits of investing unless you do it." You have to take the risk. Yeah. Right? You have you have to take some risk to get some reward. And there's a risk to come in here. It's called injury. Well, and, and resources. It takes time it and does. money. It takes yeah. time and money. So I was gonna get to that, right? In order to to grow your empire, you must commit resources. Same here. Uh I wanted when I did commit to doing this, 
I went and searched for the best team here. Here's your here's your unsolicited uh, plug, David. And, and I found you, and I said, that's the best I've seen in Memphis. Uh, maybe not the biggest, but you don't have to be big to be best. So, uh, and I really appreciate what I have found here, right? Then I decided, as, is, as with investing, uh, even experienced investors must realize that they are not experts in everything, Right? So we needed to add team members. You may need to add a different CPA or an estate lawyer or a tax lawyer. So you recognize that you must supplement where you are weak, just like here, right? So I have a great trainer, Brandon Riley. He was a perfect match. Thank you again, David, for that. He's a perfect match for me. Um, and so, but you also know that I have a dietitian. Mm-hmm. I have a chef. Yep. I have a, a physical therapist that's excellent. And I have probably the best doctor in the country. Yeah. Uh, he's a ninja warrior. So he is into physical health himself. Yeah. Right. And he's gifted. So he, my team has been able to help me with my first goal, which, as you recall, was to reverse my diabetes and all evidence of previous cardiovascular destruction. And we did that. Uh, and in November the 20th of 2020, I got the results from Dr. Wright, who said, you're now becoming insulin sensitive. That's awesome. So other than when I got, when Stephanie and I got married, that's probably the best day I've ever lived as a human adult to be able to say, I'm no longer diabetic. Yeah. Right. That's huge. I mean, like that is huge. Yeah. So I, I have literally picked people up and, and taken them to Dr. Wright to get them to start that, that course of action because it's the first pandemic that is diabetes is a choice. Right, it's a choice. So life, it's the result of lifestyle choices. It's, it's the result of inactivity and, and lifestyle. So you can reverse it. I'm happy to show anybody my lab results, but uh, you've seen me. I'm here every day. I, I put it on my calendar. My staff knows that this is sacred time for me at work. I call this church. Yeah, and you cannot interrupt my church. Uh, don't schedule around it, right? Because to be a to be the best financial planner I can for my clients requires me to think good, to live a long time, to yeah. be healthy, to support them. So I haven't had any pushback from clients yet as to why I'm not available at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, okay. So obviously we, we, we've made these health improvements, uh, reversed type two diabetes, um, reversed a lot of the cardiac, um, impacts over the last uh, last uh, several decades and then what other kind of things have you done like what are you most proud of accomplishing since you've been here like uh i took a body scan right uh one of my friends is a plastic surgeon here in town and he had one of the first in bodies right so he said come over and try out my new toy so i did and i was 26 percent body fat and i had 95 pounds of muscle mass now i'm six four uh he, he's very, he, he was very good and very kind. And he said, well, you know, Larry, you could probably move this body fat <laughs> down a little bit and you have a good start on muscle mass. And then he basically said, you need to get to work. Yeah. Right? How, how long ago was that? That was May of uh, 2018, I think. Okay. Yeah. So it still took me yeah. 12 months for that light bulb to go off and go, oh, I got to go do something. But but I didn't know how, yeah. and I didn't know where, 
Yeah. So it was at a casual lunch with your dad who finally basically said, I'm going to come and pick you up if you don't call David. Right. So <laughs> you're, we have to credit your father with this. Yes. Uh, so now I'm 109 pounds of muscle mass. My body fat is 13 to 14. Anytime you, you know, there is some variability yeah. in those in-body scans, but my weight has stayed fairly the same. So body composition has changed. Yeah. My waist has gotten smaller. I can't wear the same shirts I used to wear. Chest has gotten bigger. Arms have gotten bigger. Legs have definitely gotten bigger. I'm, I'm stronger. Uh, I tell people that I, I, feel, I feel so good, but I can hardly move. Because <laughs> sore. Because I'm sore. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Right? Those are, those are uh, expectations that you have that your team can work through that with you, right? Go get a massage if you're that sore. That'll take care of it. Yeah. Or warm up a little bit longer. Uh, older people need more warm up time. I have discovered one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm very proud of the way I I look in the mirror. I, I used to be a big fat slob. Uh, I'm working on that. I don't look that way anymore. So there's the aesthetic appeal, right? I know uh, that I've increased my longevity expectations, and not just I'm not just going to live longer. I'm going to live better. Bingo. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I, we just had our grandbaby born. So I want to see her do wonderful things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I have a long way to go, David, but you've seen me come a long way, too. Yeah, and it's been two years, about right? About two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, so, like, literally half your body fat. Go from, go from a, a unhealthy body fat. 26% is an unhealthy body fat for, for a male. Go from 26 down to 13 to put on muscle mass to build strength, to go from someone who's unfit and unhealthy and on uh, on the way towards death and to reverse it in two years is, one, it's a testament to, like, all your hard work, and it's also a, uh, should be an example to people that it can be done in two years. It literally can be. Now, it's hard. It's not easy. It's, there's going to be, you know, obstacles that you're going to have to overcome along the way. But you were able to reverse all that in two years. I was amazed. I'm very, very thankful that I have a body that responded, period, that I have a body that responded so quickly and so deeply. Yeah. Right? So completely. Now, Dr. Wright has also told me, if you go back to your old ways, you will, be, you will become a diabetic again. Yeah. Right? So the genie is in the bottle. I'll never be able to put the top on it. I can just keep her in there by doing what I'm doing. Uh, and so I guess you could call that motivation, or maybe it's just a constant reminder of the commitment I made to keep it in there. Because it's easier to keep the genie in than it is to put it in initially. Yeah, it's like with momentum, if you've got one big giant stone rolling, it's hard to stop that stone and get it rolling the other way, but once it's rolling the other way, it's rolling. It's, it's already got the momentum behind it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just as equally hard to stop it rolling that way. Yes. Um, one thing I'll kind of encourage people uh, as they're in their in uh, the beginning of their journey is like, look, you're going to get to the point where it's going to be equally as hard for you to stop. You know, I, I wouldn't have believed that because uh, of my 226 pounds, 225 and a half of them are lazy. <laughs> uh, so I have one that's just working its ass off to keep me motivated, right? Yeah. So I got a lot of lazy in me, and 
uh, you know, two years ago, I kept hearing people say that. Working out becomes addictive. I'm like, huh, right? Yeah, no. But it does. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, uh, walking into your gym uh, was a little bit intimidating the first time. Yeah, I totally understand. Because you have, you have some serious athletes in here. Yeah. And you have some very committed people. Uh, and, and they're here. They're in their zone. They're doing what they need to be doing, right? And, and for somebody that hasn't been in a gym in blah, 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 years, <laughs> then uh, that can be a little intimidating because you see that and you're like, wow, that's uh, – I'm never going to get there, right? Uh, but I'm also old enough to know I don't really care. Yeah. All I'm competing against is the chart on the wall and me, Yeah. right? I want to be the best I can be, and, and if I – if I feel like I'm too competitive, Brandon is really good about pulling me aside and going, you need to just forget all about that. It's about you. It's not about anything else that's going on around you, right? Yeah. There's there's a good balance of, like, competitiveness that, that pushes you to take action, but it also needs to be balanced with the reality and kind of the long-term game plan, you know? And, you know, those same people that I was intimidated by, once they see your commitment that you're here when they're here and that you're working really hard, they have actually become very big supporters. Yeah. Well, most people who, who exercise and, and, and train, like they, they do it because they like it and they recognize the benefits of it and they want other people to join in, which is one of the reasons why I did. I don't like the idea of, of gyms that, that don't cater to, or push away experienced lifters or ex- people who are experienced in it and and only want to put people um, who are beginners together because you never get to see what the future can hold. You know, you never get to see and go, oh, man, that I could do that. Like, And you never get a chance to – you never get a chance to share that experience because I've been doing this two and a half decades and – I want to be able to pass that down to people like people who have been in this for, for a long time. Like it's your responsibility to share what you've learned down, down the road, but it's also, and it's great for those people who are beginners to get a, get a hear from someone who's been doing it for two decades. You know, like I'm in my first week. Cool. Like I'm in my second decade, third decade. There's some awesome knowledge that can be shared right there. And at the same time, being around, I also don't like gyms that only cater to serious people and don't have any beginners because you never get a chance to kind of look back, look back and go like, man, like I was there one day. Everyone's had their first day in the gym. Everyone's had a, their first week in the gym. Everyone's been into a gym and gone, I'm not, I'm not the numero uno here. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and the other thing that I soon noticed, which I really appreciate is the family atmosphere you, you foster here. Right, you have kids here. You do kids camps. You're obviously a parent. Yep. Uh, you guys do a great job. I have, uh, uh, you know, we've 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 bragged on Brandon. Let's kick him around a little bit. Okay. You know, Brandon's in his early 30s, yeah. and he's incredibly physically fit, right, himself. But I'm probably the only client he has that's my age. I'm 60. Yeah. Right. So. Brandon doesn't know what a 60-year-old joint feels like. Right. Right. <laughs> and he's probably not, uh, uh, although he's, re- and he's learned a lot, 
But uh, when I started coming in the afternoons, I noticed, hey, there's a lot of faces around here that look like me. Yeah. There's a couple of older guys here, you know. And, and I understand there was one or two that were in their 90s. Yeah, we had uh, – Lenny, what's his name? Lenny, and I'm trying to think of how old uh, Wicklicky's granddad was. He was in his 80s or 90s, too. Yeah, we had two, two clients in their 90s. And I thought, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy. So when people like me come in, they go, that's what commitment looks like. Yeah. Right? Now, Lenny was just doing his biking, and, you know, he wasn't – he was kicking it for a 90-year-old. Yeah. You know? I thought that's awesome. But I've actually had a couple of guys my age, you know, that I've gotten to know. Yep. And they've given me some great pointers on, you know, they've been in it longer than I have. Yep. But, but they know what it feels like, right, when your knee just won't move or whatever. And it's not because it won't, it's not strong. It's just because it's 60 years old. It's 60 years old. And and you rode motorbikes. <laughs> and I blew them out in motocross racing. Yeah, doing really stupid stuff. So I, I really appreciated that. I also noticed how – what a – cross section is here david you've got you've got people that in, that are in orthopedic devices that come and work out here you've got uh every every religion every nationality you've got you've got strong men you've got incredibly strong women coming in here uh and I'll, i've learned stuff from every one of them right and when you look around and you see somebody that is less able less physically able than you and they're doing something, and they're sweating, and they're here every day. You're like, well, what's my problem? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, what's my excuse? <laughs> what's my excuse? So I really wanted to have a T-shirt made that said, uh, you know, something like uh, diabetes is no excuse or something like that. Yeah. Or diabetes is optional. So that if somebody saw me in the gym and all they could see was that T-shirt, they would know that it's possible to reverse that. Yeah. Yeah, there's – Wherever you're going through, there's someone who's gone through something harder and overcome it. And one of the beauties of the internet is you can you can find those stories. Yeah. If you need if you if you need that and you want to hear that, like you can go and find it today. Um, what's the CrossFit uh, IG page that has adaptive athletes? It may be like CrossFit adaptive, but it's it's athletes who um, who have some type of um, special need or some special training, like they may uh, have had an arm amputated or may uh, have a physical deformity or whatever it may be, and it's them still still training, competing, and doing things, finding ways to get it done around whatever whatever obstacle they're dealing with and not using it as an excuse to do nothing. Yeah, I saw something on a feed the other day. One of the powerlifting association groups has has come up with that. Yeah. Right, adaptive lifting. Yeah. So that you can be in the same area, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. You know, so if you've lost a limb in service or whatever, uh, what a great place to come and work out where there are other people. Uh, I've also noticed that um, I expected – uh, when I was working out last pretty seriously, it was in Miami and there were a lot of people in there that were just there for the vanity of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I want to compliment you again. This is a, it's a serious place. It's not so serious that you can't have fun and it's not family, but the vanity element here is not really existent. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, it, it's not non-existent. It's just not here a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've always kind of appreciated that because 
attitude is infectious. I believe that. And when you get around a lot of other serious people, you, you get serious just from osmosis. 100%. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I think there's a couple reasons for that. I think because we are a, since we have such a broad spectrum of people, no one's like the best at anything. Like this one person may be the best squatter, but this person may be the best bencher. And this person may be the best strong man, but this person may be the most lean. This person may have the most muscle, but this person may be the run the farthest and the fastest. And so when, when, and then this person may um, be doing really great, but they're 22 and don't have a whole lot of responsibilities in life and, and they're doing what they should be doing at 22. And then on the flip side, this person's, uh, I'll give a shout out to Rachel, but she's um, uh, a, a mother of, of four children. Her husband currently is is working uh, back and forth in Arkansas traveling, and she's a um, she's a doctor. And uh, she still comes in and trains like four days a week. And so, you know, when, when you see that, that kind of occurring, you don't have a lot of ground to put your ego on, you right. know. Well, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll give you a perfect example of that. Okay, it's your mom. Yeah, your mom is one of the most humble people I've ever met. I I love your mom, right? And but you talk, she's superwoman. She, she's fifty seven now, fifty eight. She was born. She was born in fifty seven, so that would make her sixty. Yeah, 64, 63. Happy birthday, Jenny. Happy birthday, Madre. Yeah, her birthday is tomorrow. Yeah, so um, she's 63. 63. She's three yeah. years older than yeah. me. And she's incredibly fit, right? But when she's you're turning 64. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, uh, that's just an example of, of uh, you and, and she never brags about it, but she's here every day at five o'clock in the morning, right? She, she has trained more days at MBS Fitness. Than probably I have if we're being, if I'm like adding it up. Yeah, she's been all over the newspaper and the media about her fitness gains. And to look at her, you would think, you know, she's one of those kind of people that scare you because she's incredibly strong and very fit, but she is, she's wiry. Yeah. She's that wiry kind of strong, you know? Yeah. She, I mean, she, she doesn't look like menacing in any way. Like you, you don't look at her and go, like, man, that's probably one of the fittest, uh, that's probably one of the fittest women in America. Yeah. <laughs> definitely nope. one of the fittest 60-year-old women in Memphis, you know. But th- the reality is she is. Yeah, she, she, she should be the example of, you know, I've heard women give pushback. Oh, I don't want to get all muscled up and get bulky. Or I don't want to gain weight. And I'm like, well, if you could look like your mom, would you care what you weighed? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't quite get that mentality, but I, I know that. There's a there's an expectation society places on women that it doesn't for us, David, and we, you know, uh, they have these ideals. When when a physically fit, strong, confident woman to most men is really appealing, right? One hundred percent. Unless those men themselves have are physically apathetic, and yes. it can be intimidating. Intimidating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I've really enjoyed the environment. I've come to come to consider this kind of like a, a home. Yeah. Uh, it's a real family atmosphere. It was definitely not what I expected. Yeah. I got to tell you that, but it doesn't take long if you just come in and go it. And, and 
it's great to have a cheering team behind you because they will keep you motivated and coming in. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right? It's just like having a guide or, or team behind you and whatever your pursuits are helps. Like it, it's it's nice to have someone to guide you. It's nice to have someone to keep you accountable. And it's nice to have someone give you recognition to go, man, you're doing good, a like, great job. Like high five. Congrats. Like I'm proud of you. Yes. To have someone tell you that they're proud of you doesn't happen to most adults. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you heard about this or not, but I gave Brandon permission to get all over me just to get all up in my biscuits if yeah. I wasn't doing something right. Uh, and he's exercised that a couple of times. And I got to tell you, he did it at the right time in the right way. He, yeah. he did get all over me twice. Uh, and you know what? He got me through that sticking point. Uh, I was at kind of a point of failure doing, doing something. And he actually said, you know, go over there and pick that bar up and put it up. Yeah. Right. And he was, he was all in me. Yeah. It's like, you can do this. Don't, don't tell me. You're not leaving until you go over there. Just go over there and do it. Yeah. If you got to walk around two more times, go walk around, but go over and pick that bar up. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked. He, he got me right through it. You Very know? cool. Uh, which, which I will, uh, I did not expect the mental challenge this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, more daunting than you might think it's not just about your muscles or your strength. It's about what's going on in that head of yours. Especially for me, I've noticed that if I, if I approach something, uh, Brandon's got me challenged out or something for that day. And, and I kind of approach it like, wow, that's a lot more weight than I've ever done before. If I allow myself to think that it's going to beat me. Yeah. This is where uh, Bruce, uh, one of the other members who's about my age, I'm guessing, Came over and said, just, Larry, you've picked this weight up before. It's light. You can handle it. Just do it. It has nothing to do with our age. Just go over there and pick the damn bar up. Yeah. And uh, so that's the mentality I come in with every day, right? I'm, Brandon's not going to let me get hurt. So I have to get that. I have to take charge of what I tell myself. Yeah. Because that's the voice I listen to. And if I tell my brain to tell my body to do something, ultimately it will. Because uh, I still get picked on for my day one goal when you said, what's your goal? I said a 300-pound bench press. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody I told that to was kind of laughing. And now I get it. You were professionally snickering at me, and I know that, right? Now looking back, I would have done the same thing. Here's an old fat guy walking into my bar who thinks that he's going to go back to college and pick up 300 pounds in about six months. Yeah. Well, I had a lot to learn. Right? It wasn't the it wasn't the goal. It was the timeline. It was the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I put it into months, and it's going to take two years. But in a couple of months, it'll be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'll hit that. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like uh, necessarily that, that you uh, had the goal. It was more just like well. You know, if you're currently not training, going to a 300-pound bench press in six months may take longer than six months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I realized how naive I was, right, and how uh, what it takes to really get there. But uh, but I'll, I'll I'll it's coming up in a couple of months. I should be there midsummer, mid to late summer. That's awesome, man. Uh, so let me ask you this: so we, we kind of talked about some of the physical uh, changes that you had. Uh, um, in and not in the kind of your, your health biomarkers, but also your performance. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, how these improvements impacted areas of your life outside of the gym? My posture is better. 
Uh, I sit straight at work at the desk. Uh, and for anybody listening that's my age, I don't have to get up using my hands anymore. I can actually stand up like I, you stand up, right, in your 30s. Uh, I can get off the floor without using my hands. I can uh, uh, yard work is not a challenge anymore. I don't get out of breath when I'm going up the steps anymore. Uh, it's increased the quality of my ordinary life tremendously, right? I, I, I see it. My appetite has increased. I don't worry about that so much anymore because I know where it's going, and yeah. I also know what I'm eating. Um, so I don't know. There's probably a list of 100 things, David, that, that I have seen improve. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think um... – I think the fitness industry has done a relatively bad job of like promoting what's what the real impacts of fitness are. Instead, it is more just um, uh, visual in nature. It's you're going to look better, and it's like I mean that's a that's a great secondary kind of benefit. But the real benefit is that you get to live a more fulfilling life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fit version of you is the best version of you, and the best version of you is going to be the best life that you're going to possibly live. And yeah, I want to pick my granddaughter up when I finally get to see her and not hurt. Yeah, I, I want to be able to pick that up, you know, pick her up and and feel good. So uh, it's how we move, right? I can go back to doing things that I used to do. I now feel strong enough to go back and ride. Yeah. Right. I've had two bikes sitting in the garage and I haven't been able to ride. And I stopped riding because I felt weak. Right. Cause it, it does take a certain amount of strength to throw a motorcycle around, especially mm-hmm. when you have somebody on the back, your, your dad's a biker yep. and, uh, you have to be competent. Well, now I feel competent to get back in the saddle and I wanted to feel strong because Stephanie loves to ride. And I don't want to endanger her any more than getting on a motorcycle already does. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, it, it's, it's changed. Mentally, my confidence, what I do for a living, I've always been confident in. I've put in my 10,000 hours. I yeah. know what I'm doing at work. Uh, but, but just my overall confidence has gone off the chart. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I think if, if you – you don't experience it it's maybe hard to put that in words where someone else can kind of intake it and process it but yeah 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 you feel like you're i'll never have my 30 year old body back but it's the closest you can come yeah do you feel younger i feel 20 years younger yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, isn't that crazy two years two years you gain 20 20 two to gain 20 yeah that's excellent, <laughs> that's right? Good, that's a, right. That's a good and, return right there. And, and let me, you know, I was I was finishing up one day, and there was a guy in here, and he's he he for I, I now know his name, and we talk. I've met his wife, and he, he's a pretty cool guy. And uh, we're talking one day, and he looks at me and he said, "If I could just get to the point where you are," <laughs> you're like, "What? What?" And I'm me? like, "What?" <laughs> oh. I, I thought he was talking to somebody behind me, and, and he said, uh, Larry, I've been watching. He goes, uh, I'm rehabbing from an injury, and so I've got some issues. And if I could just get to where you are now. And I thought, dude, you don't, you don't want to be where I am. You want to be where everybody else is, right? So I went home and told Stephanie, my wife, that I had been used as an example. Yeah. Right? I, I never expected that. Yeah. Right? How'd that, how'd that feel? Oh, it feels great. Yeah. And it's not, 
you know, it's not coming from an ego place much, although I do have a ginormous <laughs> ego. I do. Uh, but it was coming from, uh, you have to understand, I, I've had two heart attacks, a quadruple bypass, a cardiac stent, uh, uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I was at one time taking 32 drugs. Uh, yeah. Uh, for And like when I won the Male Athlete of the Year award here, I was, you totally caught me off guard because my name and athlete have never been in the same sentence unless it was saying Larry Talbert is not an athlete. <laughs> so uh, that is, uh, it comes from a place of being recognized for hard work yeah. and everybody appreciates that yeah, regardless it, of what it is. It's not, it's, it's recognition. Yeah. It's, it's not ego stroking. It's, it's being recognized for the hard work that you put in. Yeah. And I, if I could give anybody a, another piece of advice, it would be to check, leave your ego in the car. Yeah. Right. Just leave it in the car. You can pick it up and put it back on when you get there. But in here, uh, let your trainer train, do what they tell you. If you choose to use a trainer, which I would highly recommend everybody have a trainer. Uh, or at least a class with a trainer, yeah. right? That was the best thing I ever did was take your advice and get a trainer. Uh, because, and then I would uh, encourage them to learn themselves, be an expert on yourself, know what diabetes is, know what type you have, know how your body responds to either the excess or the absence of insulin, know how that you can reverse it, know how your heart works, wear a whoop, wear some monitor, track what you eat, uh, become an expert on you, become an expert on communicating how you feel and how you're performing to your trainer yeah. so that they can make the tweaks necessary to get you there and understand that uh, I, I've learned there's, there's basically three types of lifters. There's beginners, intermediates, and genetically gifted. <laughs> the, the, the Lee Haney's, the Arnold Schwarzenegger's, those guys. Yeah. I'm not that, right? And neither is most anybody else. So uh, it's pretty much in the intermediates. And, and all you are doing is you're, every day you come in, you, you have a, a, a set of an intermediate problem. And you're working to come over that, to overcome that sticking point only for the privilege of working up the line to, to get to the next intermediate problem. Yeah, the next sticking point. The next sticking point. That took me two and a half years to come to that epiphany, but it, it helps me. Yeah, I call it the uh, give a lifter a cookie effect. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. I was like, there's no end. Like, like sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, and I'll just, then I'll just I'll stop, and I'll be good. And I'm like, that's not the way it works. It's, this is forever. Yes. It's just a forever process of of taking care of yourself and pursuing and, and ha finding new goals and exploring your physical fitness as a like as an expression of like your humanity and it's there's never like a I did there I'm done and then I stop I stop yeah well you know I was scared when I when I set my goals uh Stephanie asked me one night so if you met all your goals what next uh new goals uh, uh, and I was kind of stumbling around, and I kind of she made me really think like, what if I hit all my goals? Because I'm not going to do it today, but yeah. eventually. And then it dawned on me: well, you can always add another plate. Yeah, right. Yeah. You just you just keep adding plates. Uh, there was a, a lady. There was a post. Uh, there was a lady who is 78, 
and she just uh, set a bench, uh, I mean, a squat record at 350 and a half pounds. Dang. She's 78. That's amazing. Yeah, I want to be her. (laughs) That's amazing. So there's my goal. 78 (laughs) years old, 350-pound squat. There you go. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Um, So my next question was, like, what advice you would give to to someone kind of um, in your situation who may be struggling? You kind of gave some advice already, but is there anything else you you would say to someone who's in their uh, maybe 50s up to, like, their 70s who's kind of felt – some of the effects of physical decline um, has recognized it, but hasn't taken any action yet. Uh, yes. Don't, don't be, uh, don't feel intimidated. Uh, look at the people that are ahead of you in their physical physicality and go, if they can do it, I can do it. Learn from them. Right. So check, check being uh, uh, intimidated, in your car. Leave it in there with your ego. It's a good place to do it. Next, realize that this is a long-term pull. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, it's a long-term thing. Long-term solutions require long-term commitments. And one of those commitments is uh, you can do this relatively inexpensively, right? Gym memberships aren't, they're not the most expensive thing in the world. Yeah. You can invest $10 a month if you want. Yeah, and, and you provide an overwhelming amount of resources for $10 a month, right? That might be great if you are capable and you have the discipline to open a book or design your own plan, and you can come in and run your own thing. That requires an awful lot of discipline. For people my age, we, we have the discipline to do whatever we want. We don't have the time. Yeah. Right. So realize that you must commit financial resources to this. It has been uh, not just a mental, physical challenge for me to defeat one of the world's worst diseases. Uh, It's been kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. I I think I mentioned my team, right? That team is not cheap. But uh, dying early is cheap. (laughs) Funerals are expensive. So... I had to realize that in order to fight this, I had to be really serious. Now, not everybody needs, I can't cook, so I need, uh, I have to eat a certain amount of protein, which I wasn't doing, blah, blah, blah. But whatever your resources are, you can afford physical health. Yeah. You can. Um, Next, uh, 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 stay away from motivational speak unless it's one that you create yourself. And remind yourself, as Angie Forey said, Larry, I can't motivate you, but I can remind you of the commitment you made. So I'm going to go right back to that, right? Remind yourself that you made a commitment. If you don't hit something, just go back the next day. If you don't hit it the next day, go back the third day. Because if you go back the fourth day, you'll hit it, Yeah. right? And so uh, next, reach out for help. David, I've asked you a hundred questions, right? I asked Brandon. He's probably sick of my questions. I come, I read stuff at night. I come back and I ask him questions. So, uh, good trainers and good staff expect your questions. And we want them. Uh, you do, yeah, like, yeah. Like our passion is helping people. I want you to, yeah. to ask me. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, participate in your own exercise program be an active participant you know give good feedback uh ask a lot of questions you will get help uh and then tell your spouse and your children if they live at home 
what you are doing. David, in 1988, I lost 100 pounds. My friends were my own worst enemies. 100%. Because they were always trying to give me a donut. Yeah. That, that proverbial donut. Larry's fat. He loves donuts. The only way we're going to get him to run is run for the donut. So th- they can demotivate you because they are used to the old you, and, and they kind of want that mode at home. So you must tell your spouse, uh, uh, I'm doing this for me. And realize that's really who you're doing it for is you. And you can either get on the train or you can watch it go by, but I'm going to go do this for me. Yeah. Remember I told you my, it's on my calendar. It's sacred time. Uh, when I lost all that weight, I, I couldn't believe how people weren't really supportive of that weight loss journey. Yeah. I think part of that goes to the fact that the, the the circle of influence you were in before, you know, that's a totally, that's not what they're about. You know, right. That's counterintuitive to what that circle is about. It's the crab pot theory, right? So just get rid of your old crab pot and exchange it for a new crab pot of people that will support your physical journey. Uh, And then also realize my wife was a, was an active runner most of her adult life, Right. So various things caused her to stop running. But when she saw that I was serious about this and started seeing some initial change, she'd always said, you know, I'd like to get back into it. Well, when I did, uh, she followed. Yeah. And you see her over here three to four times a week. 100%, yeah. Yep, and she's made some great gains. So uh, I was forced to make a hard decision. Uh, And that decision was I can – I can hang around people that will support this or won't, but the decision is mine. Yeah. Uh, and so if I have to cut that voice out, I'm going to do that because Larry needs positive reinforcement, not negative. He can create his own negative if he's not right. So uh, that was a difficult decision. Yeah. But uh, it's one that I'd never regret. I've never looked backwards and said that was a, Bad thing to do. Yeah. All right. Last and final question. What's the best financial analogy you can give to uh, with, with fitness? Like, what's your financial and fitness analogy that, that you like to use? Commit for the long term. It, it, that's the only way you will get lasting results. If you want to be wealthy, start early. Recognize that you must take risk. If you want to be healthy, start early. Stay committed, stay in your program, and you'll be very healthy for a long life. So it's commitment. Awesome. All right, Larry, thank you for being on. Thank you, brother. And uh, we're going to share this out, and hopefully it'll inspire some other people. Yeah, don't forget to throw a shout-out over here for our able-bodied assistant. Big shout-out to Allison for helping produce thank the you, MBS Allison. Fitness one of, one Radio. Of the, and, and your role here is? I run the recovery room, and I'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach. And you push all the little buttons on the control panel. Yes, and she nods her head when we say smart things. She produces the podcast and makes it sound nice. Yes. David, you're awesome. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you, bud. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.